The Panthers grasping, clawing, doing whatever they can on a bye week for a silver lining. Right? When when you get a dark cloud, you have to worry about the silver lining, right? You have to worry about the the finding something to latch on to as a positive. And I refuse to believe, even at 0-6, going into a bye week, even with other rookie quarterbacks looking maybe better than Bryce Young, even with the coaching staff having to make the change of play callers, even with so much that could be described as that dark cloud, I refuse to believe there's no silver linings. The negativity is, is infectious, it's contagious, it spreads. Maybe positivity will as well. Matter of fact, on our, our morning show, Unsportsmanlike, the ESPN uh, Radio National Morning Show featuring Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, who's been on the show a few times, Michelle Smallman, uh, they discussed kind of silver linings for the Panthers. Here's Chris Canty. You got Bryce Young, so everything that you thought he could be when you took him number one overall, you just hold on tight and you squeeze and you just hope that it materializes into what you, you thought it could it. be. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like what Ev did with Emmett Smith after he gave him a dap. Oh. You go with that, that, that type of clenched fist around the things that you loved about Bryce Young. But if you're the Panthers, that's what you got to hold on to. Bryce Young, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. Those are the guys. That, that, that's the core of your team moving forward. You hope those guys are all of the things you thought you thought they were. Bryce Young, Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns. Well. One out of three? <laughs> you got one out of three. One, Bryce, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Jeremy Chin, his, his playing time is going down, and he's hurt for the next up to six weeks. So, uh, And he's in the last year of his contract. It's tough to put him as a foundational build. Brian Burns we'll talk about later on, but I think he's the only player you can move and get a first-round pick back. So by by default, it's almost like he can't be a part of your 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 future. Uh, and then there's Bryce Young. The silver linings have to do with Bryce Young. Again, from un- Unsportsmanlike, the morning show, every morning right here on 99.9 The Fan, here's Evan Cohen. We're only a third of the way through the season. There was a reason you picked Bryce Young number one overall. You wouldn't have been the only team to pick Bryce Young. C.J. Stroud looks better. You just have to hope you got it right. Doesn't feel that way right now, but it's only six games in. You have to remind people. Peyton Manning wasn't that good his rookie year. Patrick Mahomes didn't play his rookie year. Aaron Rodgers didn't play his first three years. Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Not everybody is great right away. Kind of. Okay, I'm with you. The silver lining when looking at the Panthers this year has nothing to do with Jeremy Chin or Brian Burns. Matter of fact, I think actually both of them, either by way of coaching decision for Jeremy Chin or or just play for Brian Burns, they haven't been living up to the expectations I set for them at the beginning of the year. I wanted Brian Burns to take a leap into elite. He's been very good. I wanted Jeremy Chin to be that versatile, positionless football defensive player. He hasn't been on the field. So the silver lining has nothing to do with those guys. Matter of fact, the silver lining has nothing to do with the defense at all. You're 0 and 6. The silver lining, and trust me, this is where you really got to spin the negative into the positive. The silver lining is that winning won't get in the way of Bryce Young being developed. We were talking with with Mike Glennon on the show, uh, I think it was last week, for, NC State quarterback, longtime NFL quarterback, a friend of the show. And, and he mentioned how he thought Bryce Young got going a little bit when they got in the two-minute drill. 
And that's something that that Mike had seen. He's you know sometimes young quarterbacks you get them in the two minute drill. You're up against the same personnel every snap. The defense can't sub uh, right. There's there's less disguise because the defense doesn't have time to set everything up. Sometimes for a young quarterback, he just wants to put him in the two minute, put him in the hurry up, just to get into a rhythm. Well, guess what? In right now, once you're zero and six, you do that whenever you think Bryce needs it. Right. If you're still trying to win football games, if that's your main priority, if you're still trying to make the playoffs, if you're still trying to win your division. You can't always just say like, hey, I think our quarterback needs a two minute. Why? Because you do risk putting your defense back on the field after like 20 seconds. Right? If you go incomplete, no huddle, incomplete completion, not for three punt or not in a completion on third down, but not for a first down punt. Your defense is back out there. They've gotten like two sips of Gatorade and, and wiped the sweat off their forehead. And and if you're trying to win, that could be catastrophic, right? Because tired defenses give up big plays. But if you're just trying to get Bryce Young, if everything is about Bryce Young, you don't let winning get in the way. If you think Bryce Young in the middle of the second quarter uh, of your next game needs a two-minute drill to get into the rhythm, I don't care if you have a tired defense, you do it. You take the risk of putting your defense back out there tired. Why? Because the most important thing is Bryce Young. It's no longer uh, tainted by winning, which, by the way, is not the way you want it. Right? You want to. You want wins to matter. Sure. Especially when you don't have your first-round pick. You want wins to matter. But at 0-6, they don't. At 0-6, they don't. The, the silver lining of being so bad so early is that it's very obvious what matters and what doesn't. Right? We're going to talk about what the Panthers have to do on their bye, and part of it is deciding who's going to be a part of your core and letting them start driving. Right? Uh, uh, Canty in that clip we played said Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, and Bryce Young. Again, one out of three. I don't think two of those guys are going to be a part of it. Brian Burns might be if they do elect to keep him and. That I mean, crazier things have happened there. I don't see how Jeremy Chin will be be backing around. Uh, but pick like the five you want to build around. Is it J.C. Horn? Is it Ikki Aquanu? Is it Bryce Young? It, like like pick the is it Derek Brown? Is it yeah a, a, a huge omission in both size and <laughs> and importance there on my part. Uh, like pick your four or five guys and make them the captains. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I'm not talking about literal, like whoever's walking out there for the coin toss, let them keep doing it. Don't embarrass them by taking it away. Yeah. But, but like make them the leaders. I, I've seen it happen. It happens actually a lot in college where if, if a team is being led by the seniors and then you start 0 and 5, the, the team, the seniors that are leaders, guess what they become? This is, this is a, a quote from one of my coaches. Are they captains or do they stand at front during stretching? Right, because uh, like at a certain point, if the season is a wash and you're building for the future, you're gonna let the seniors still stand at the front during stretching, right? You're gonna let them go out for the coin toss, but you want the juniors to start owning the team, right? That's where the Panthers are. This year's leaders, the 2023 leaders, if they're veterans that are on their way out, if they, if they're they're guys who might not be as core as. The players we mentioned, the Derek Browns, the the Bryce Youngs, whoever you choose, then let those guys stand at the front during stretching, but make sure the right ones are doing the leading. And if and if they're not ready to step up and lead a winner, who cares? Learn because winning isn't in the way right now. That's the silver lining. 
Like the the uh, let me let me pick a a team that's starting. I guess the only other first round starting quarterback now is is Stroud. Stroud. But we could mix in like Aiden O'Connell. You could mix in uh, DTR. Got to start the uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Whoever it is, they're all still trying. Like they're in playoff races. Mm-hmm. They don't have the advantage of doing whatever it takes for their quarterback to be to be developed appropriately. They have to go. You know fulfill their obligation to everybody else to try to win games. The Panthers are out of that. That's a silver lining. It's an ugly silver lining, but it's a silver lining. I mean, that's the definition of a silver lining, right? The the one good thing out of a bad situation. It'd be weird if it was awesome because then it wouldn't be a bad situation. That's not a silver lining. That's just a, a silver situation. NC State, Wake Forest. Very serious, self-reflecting goal for the second half of their football seasons. Bowl eligibility. There there are like I talk about this with with like advancing getting better and better is you set mini goals. You have big goals, but then you set mini goals along the way. Um you know, it's it's we've all heard this, right? The best job in sports is backup quarterback, right? The NFL back, all you do is you hold a clipboard and you never have to get hit and you get paid a bunch of money and you get to be a quarterback and all the, you wear a non-contact jersey and I get it. But the thing is, that's not exactly how it works, right? Because the goals always get a little bit bigger, right? I'm sure most backup quarterbacks in the NFL started off as an eighth grader just wanting, idolizing the high school quarterback, right? I just want to play, just want to be a starter in high school. Then they become a starter in high school. Then what happens? Oh, maybe I could get a, uh, an opportunity to play in college or get a scholarship. And then they get that. And then I want to start in college. Then I want to be all conference. Then I want to be a draft pick. Then I want to be an NFL quarterback. Then, like, it just keeps going up, right? And if at any point in time you don't achieve that next goal, it's disappointing, right? The goal keeps getting a little bit bigger. Well, the same also happens kind of in reverse, right? NC State, Wake Forest probably started their season with, I want to be a conference champion. Probably started their season with, I, I want to shake, uh, shock the world, right? Well, guess what? You you lose 24-3 to Duke. You mm-hmm. lose 13-10 to 10 to, to Louisville for for Wake. All of a sudden, you're struggling with ODU. You're you're losing to what was it, Georgia Tech? Like like you, all of a sudden, those losses add up, and you're like, all right, uh, didn't achieve whatever goal we were trying to achieve, right? That doesn't mean that you're just done. It just means you 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 set a new goal and go try to chase that, even if it's a little lower. Even if it's a little lower, right? All right, we want to um, make the the we want to win. Eight games. You want to win? All right, we want we want to they're down to bowl eligibility. Now they may have bigger goals, but from the outside, the realistic side is they the bowl eligibility is a healthy goal for you right now. NC State is four and three. They've lost two of their last three games. They're on a bye this week. The path is obvious for them. Matter of fact, both for NC State and Wake Forest, the path to bowl eligibility is the the all right, I'll put it this way. The path of least resistance to bowl eligibility ah, is obvious. Go. You have to beat Wake and Virginia Tech if you're NC State. Doable. Doable. Very, very doable. Have to do it, though. Wake, Virginia Tech showing signs of life. Wake really isn't. Yeah. But here's the, the interesting part. 
Uh, the path for Wake Forest of least resistance is you have to beat Pitt, NC State, and Syracuse. So State, Wake Forest, loser, least town match, basically. Unless, and, and this is always the case, right? If you get upset, you then have to upset, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if either of those te- two teams lose one of their path of least resistance teams, then you have to start talking upset, right? For, for NC State, it would be Clemson, Miami, or UNC. And UNC, I don't like you know you throw out all the records in rivalry games. So so you know coming down to the wire, if they need one, that would be a really interesting one. Uh, for Wake Forest, if you don't take care of Pitt, NC State, and Syracuse, you have to look at Florida State, Duke, Notre Dame. It's tough. You've put yourself in this situation by not taking care of games that you should have taken care of, right? I look at NC State and say they had ten different, ten might even be conservative. 30 different times they could have won that Louisville game. You didn't take care of business. Now you've backed yourself into a corner. If you look at Wake Forest, uh, Wake Forest with the turnovers has shot themselves in the foot a whole bunch of times. Didn't take care of business there. So guess what? Now you have to take care of business. You, You have no oopsies. No more oopsies. And And you may think this is a disrespectful conversation to have. I want that this is a messenger situation, right? Bowl eligibility is a real question for both of these two teams. If you're mad at us for asking it, what you're actually mad at is the fact that it's a question that needs asking. If you're mad at us for pointing out the schedule and going, hey, Clemson's not really impressing a lot of people, but they still give up less yards than anyone in the ACC. But they still have, like, if you look at Clemson and you look at Wake Forest, or you look at Clemson, you look at NC State. How many starters on Clemson do you think would be starters on NC State? A lot. How many starters from NC State do you think would be a starter on Clemson? Not as many. Those are the statistical analysis from our very own Dennis Cox. Thank you. But it gets the point across, right? Obviously, someone like Peyton Wilson, a few others, would would take whoever's job is on the other side. Yeah. But Or at least be in a rotation of some kind. <laughs> yeah. But But – the other way, you'd be very excited, mm-hmm. like if, if you're getting transfers from Clemson at, at these other schools. So, so you have to look at it as an upset. That's what that that's the situation you've put yourself in. If there's any oopsies, you need to upset. If there's any, oh man, how did that happen? We didn't show up ready to play. Now you have to go uh, to a team that's been performing better than you have and upset them. Now, now certain upsets would be bigger than others, right? I. NC State's probably saying, why do you keep calling Miami an upset? I think Miami's played better. Now, they've also lost two games in conference, so the 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 you know broadest statistic might not say it is, but I think Miami's been playing better. I think their quarterback's been playing better. I think Van Dyke brings a bit more dynamic ability. Wake Forest, we've been through. Your, your quarterback situation is very scattered right now. Some of the things we've grown to to expect from Wake Forest year in and year out, year in and year out under Dave Clawson, haven't been coming through as consistently this year. And when that happens, I'm going to get a little worried. Now, I understand, like, like, bowl eligibility is important, okay? That's why this goal becomes one that you talk about even on a bye week for NC State. That's why this goal becomes one you, one you talk about even when seemingly there's so many other things to address for Wake Forest. Bowl games are important. One, this is and, – and oh, gosh, get ready. This is a collective booster 
NIL, money world we're living in in college sports. Bowl games give a little bit of of Q score, that fame score, right? You play in a bowl, you have uh, so many more weeks to around the holidays where you get to talk about the bowl game, you get to raise money, hopefully it's in a cool location, you get to go on a cool trip if you're a booster, all those sorts of things. Also, those extra weeks, that's practice. That's practice. If you if you make a bowl game and the bowl game is is mid December from the end of your regular season to December you're still practicing. Yeah. Get those reps especially for those young guys. Get uh, MJ Morris. Yeah. Right? Uh Michael Kern, whoever ends up being the quarterback at Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. Do you think those guys don't need reps? I would I would do full days of 7 on 7, full days of of uh, run fit, full days of as close as you can get to game reps and practice and just keep doing it. Your your red shirts, your young guys, get them all in there. That practice is invaluable. And if you don't make a playoff, it's not like – or sorry, if you don't make the, the bowls, uh, it's not like, oh, you didn't make a bowl. Well, to keep it fair, you'll still get three weeks of practice. No, when you don't make a bowl, your season is over. Focus on your academics. Yeah. Hit the weight room. That on-field stuff is invaluable. So make sure you take care of business when you need to take care of business. Make sure you're in a bowl game. You've made it a question halfway through the season, not us. You have to answer the question, and it would behoove you to answer in the affirmative. And this is also a chance for players who may not have gotten a lot of playing time during the season. If the guy ahead of them has an injury that he might have a surgery, might Mm -hmm. not play in a bowl game, or decides to go into the transfer portal, well, guess what? Come bowl game, you get to play. Oh yeah, you actually get to show on tape what you can do. You actually get those reps at practice, so it's an opportunity for guys that might be second on the depth chart that don't get a lot of playing time to actually showcase what they can do and prove, like, hey, I can actually do things here. And this this will be my last point on how important it is. Uh, the weeks leading up to the bowl and the bowl game mm-hmm. are a chance for the coaches to show love. Yeah, because guess what opens up right after the bowl, right after the national championship. Transfer portal. Transfer portal. Yep. So if you have a player who maybe hasn't played all year, and because they haven't played because they're young and they need developing, but they're somebody who you see as the future of your program or a part of the future of your program, right? When you're not playing, it's easy for the coaches to kind of brush you aside during the week. We got to get the players that are going to be on the field ready to play. You don't want that to be the lasting image as they have to decide whether going into the portal or not. You make a bowl game, those three weeks, those four weeks, however long it is between your regular season and bowl, that can be an opportunity for you to kickstart those relationships and show them that they're a part of the future so they don't get lured away by the the temptation, the siren song of the transfer portal. 